What's going down? Welcome to the Tradesman Confidential. We are your hosts, Josh Brand and Greg Giroux. Guys, yes, I said guys because there's three of us to get in here. Careful with that. Okay. Quick question for you both. Here we go. What did the left eye say to the right? Between you and me, something smells. (laughs) And we're off. This is how we start these. Yep. Ah, uh, silly silliness. So today we have Eric Isaacson, owner operator of Weld One Fabrications. Eric, say hello. Hello, everyone. <laughs> How's everyone doing? Eric, I'm uh, Eric. Welcome. First of all, I'll speak for both of us since Greg's just staring at me awkwardly. <laughs> Thank uh, you for having me. Appreciate of course, of course. So I'm always fascinated by people that manage to squeeze in uh, back-to-back vowels in their name. Um, <laughs> so every time I think of uh, of the name, you know, Aaron. Aaron? Exactly. You beat me to it. <laughs> I can't help but think of Key and Peele episode where uh, he plays a substitute teacher. Uh, is Balake here? Balake. Balake? <laughs> um, Blake? <laughs> I just, it just always reminds me of that for whatever reason. So when I see the Isaacs and that uh, jumped out at me, but uh, besides that, (laughs) besides that, I have to admit when I did a little Google search on weld one, the amount of weld ones and well done business names is mind boggling. I can see a lot of well done's, but the part that killed me was, I don't know if they did it purposely but I think some of them misspelled well done and did one L on certain cases. Like there's yeah. dozens, dozens where it was like, and it wasn't welding. It was just well done, you know, publications or something like that. But it was one L. I was like, is that a purpose or you guys, that's that, low. That the spin on it? Yeah. So anyway, that was, that's a whole nother diatribe. But I was shocked by how many there were like that. Um, but you can really have well done anything, right? True. But it's not anyway. well done. It's. Well, but I it's digress. It's well done well, doesn't mean it's well done. <laughs> like a brownie, for example. Mm-hmm, well mm-hmm. done is mm-hmm. too much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess that Don't can disagree. be confusing. I mean, did you do a good job or did you burn the fucking thing? Right. Like, oh, it's it's done well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of like a. Uh, I saw a shirt when I was in Florida. The guy's uh, business name was Eventual Perfection. <laughs> Eventual perfection construction. And I was like, does that, is your slogan literally eventually we get it right? Like what <laughs> pretty is, much that one was wild. But anyway, that's uh yeah, no, I, I digress. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, Eric, what got you into welding? Truthfully, ever since I was a kid, I always thought welding was cool. I remember watching growing up Jesse James and Monster Garage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That oh, yeah. show was awesome. It was. Yep. Yep. I remember that. There was also another show, Junkyard Wars. I don't know if mm-hmm. you guys have seen that. Mm-hmm. Yep. But for some reason, the whole part with welding was just always fascinating to me. And just ever since I was a kid, I always wanted to weld. I, don't, I remember building a go-kart and trying to bolt it together, just nuts and bolts. And I was like, man, if, if I knew how to weld, this would be... A lot easier. Glue the steel together. Right. Yeah. Like there was a way to do that. I don't know how, but I've seen them do that. But that seems Mm. cool. I got to get me one of those welders. It's like an art. 
It, it is. Yeah, right. It really is. Right. I don't think people realize that, that look at it, right? They don't understand it. And you can take yeah. up serious pride in laying some of them dimes. Oh, let me tell you, when I lay a dime. <laughs> dime stack. I, dime stack, I bro. Get, this sounds kind Does of. Does the size of your dime stack matter? Of course, the size of Always. the What if the temperature want, is cold? Well, you know, actually. That's a limp stack. <laughs> or a short stack. I mean, a cold a cold dime, is it sits a little proud. It's, it's, uh, it's kind of counterintuitive. Uh, you, yes. Right, it does work yeah. uh, the opposite, yeah, eh? Yeah, the opposite yes. of welding. Alrighty then. Yes. Anyone who has tried welding without any education will see how horrible of a job you will do. That looks first easy. Shot. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's, right. It's, Wrong. It's kind of right. funny because the first time you get a welder, you think like you you know your ambitions are high and you, you go oh, I'm gonna go build whatever it is in your head, and the second you strike an arc, you're like oh whoa it's it's a lot different. It just right. it just happens. Right. That's not right. what they do on TV. Right. No, no. I remember my first <laughs> right. time. I don't know if you guys have ever welded, but I remember my first time welding. The first time I struck an arc, it was just it was just chaos. I didn't know what I was looking at. Oh, yeah. was, I feel like I was holding my breath. I just don't know what oh, yeah. was going yep. on. Yep. Yep. And yep. it all happened. Oh, so I fast. did it. Yeah, I did it. It was horrible. It was horrible. It came out like absolute garbage, but. It's like anything else. It, yep. j- it yeah. takes practice, right? right. Oh, absolutely. I, I weld them, but I'm not super good at it. But I was going to say. I can hold my own. Yeah. Now, did your family, father, brother, uncles, anyone, were they in the trades or any, no, any type I'm, before? No. I'm the black sheep of the family. I'm actually a lefty. I'm the only one in the family that's a lefty. Oh, Don't God. Know why. Something's wrong. Uh, something's yeah, wrong no, with this the obvious. <laughs> <laughs> really? So what, what What? was your family? What do they do? Uh Finance accounting. Oh, you definitely are off <laughs> yeah. the rails yeah. then. Woo! Not even close. Wow, you were deep end. Right. Yeah. So. Interesting. So it was really uh, a couple of shows, an interest, some, some you know, you were building some things growing up. That's kind of yeah, what got I you just, into it. I, you know, I was always into cars. I was always mm. into building mm. things and tinkering and just, mm. I don't know, pulling things apart. I mean, I pulled my bicycle apart. I had a remote control race car. I was playing with that, pulling that yeah. apart. I yeah. mean, that led to dirt bikes and go-karts and cars and yeah it's I, i'd say that's pretty standard answer for anyone who's in the trades they're always fascinated by how things go together work go you know whatever um seems to be the common glue no matter and it was funny is interesting where people go after that right like some people like the plumbing some people like carpentry some people like welding right and just seeing where that goes is is always kind of interesting um and I'd say culture, TV, movies, a lot of that drives that. Some influence that for yeah. sure. Absolutely. Um, now, what were you doing prior to starting your own? So before I broke out, I was I was working in tech sales. And I just, it was one of those things I, I loved welding. And that's what I did when I got home from work. Hmm. It was, you know, I'd go to work hmm. to make yeah. money and pay the bills. And I'd get home and I'd. I just wanted to be out in the garage and started doing that more and more on the side. And then one thing led to the next. And I said, you know what? This is, this is way more fun than my normal thing. Mm. I, I would much prefer to do this. And here yeah. I am. So you truly, truly took a hobby really. Right. And, and said, this is what I enjoy doing more at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I did, I did my other thing for about a dozen years and time just seems to go by and I look back and I'm, realize I don't really have that many ties. I, you know, I have an opportunity to just go for it. It's, it's worth the risk. What, what do I have to lose? And 
Mm. Here I am. Yeah, and I don't, Greg. I've, I don't know if I've ever asked you the same question. Like, what got you to go the electrical route? Out of that, <laughs> that's a good right? question. I, okay, I I think we maybe we have talked about. It. I went to Valley Tech. Uh, my parents persuaded me to go to a trade school, which I was hesitant to do, and I uh, I actually went to be a plumber. Mm. Well, I just wanted to be mm. a plumber. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I went through they they call it exploratory or. Every school calls yeah. something different, but you try five different shops and then you get to pick the one you want. And I went through electrical and was like, oh, this is, this is way better. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I'm going to try yeah, this. This makes yeah. my brain hurt. We're going to do this one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of how I fell into it. So is it more of a challenge, do you think then? Because yeah, you said I, your brain hurt specifically. Is I, it, it was just more of a challenge maybe in your eyes or something caught your eye like that. Yeah. I, I figured out over the years that I like the, the mental stress of being put into a situation that really makes me think and solving Problems. I like solving yep. problems. Yep. Yep. And I, I, I mean, uh, my friends, anybody who knows me knows the situations I put myself in on the daily mm-hmm. and they scratch mm-hmm. their head and they look at me and they're like, what's wrong with you? But it's, it's all honestly self-induced Yep. because yep. I yep. just, I, I'm a glutton for punishment, but I yep. create the punishment because I like to create a situation where I have to work myself out of solve a problem. Mm-hmm. And I like to do it with other people. So yeah. Yep. Cool. That's how I ended up in electrical. But I mean, again, I like, I, I like to get my hands in. If I could do it all, I would, but you, obviously master of one jack of all type of situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can certainly relate to that in terms of just putting yourself in that situation. I mean, one of the great things with welding is it gives you the ability to build something that isn't readily available. So I, I look at something and I come up with these ideas and I say, oh, well, you know, it'd be cool if I could do this. And before you know it, I start cutting, you know, ask questions later. And then I end up in a situation where I'm, um, I don't know. I don't want to say in deep, but it's like there, you know, there's committed. a way out of this. But you're you're committed, All right? And it, it's kind of I don't know when when Greg something satisfying about, about like that that mental stimulation of the challenge of just doing something, you know, doing the impossible. You know, there's been so many times where someone said, "Oh, well, that doesn't exist, or it can't be done like that," or uh, and then you know, I kind of just look at that and say, you know, challenge accepted. This is uh, this is my way of of just doing it, and figuring it out, and always seem to find a way. Maybe it doesn't happen the first time. Or the second time, but you just but push through the, it, and eventually the you... root of that, mm. the root, the the pure root of that is the the satisfaction, and that's yep. exactly yep. that's what you're hunting for. You yep. make a situation that's troublesome that nobody else can do. You create a challenge for yourself, and then when you conquer it, that feeling it doesn't last very long. Oh, that's... <laughs> if anybody's ever read the book, read the book Winning, yeah. It doesn't last, that victory does not last yep. long, but boy, is it fantastic! And then you're like, right. all right, what's next? Right. Get addicted to that feeling. You get it. Right, it's a it's bit. absolutely addicting. Mm. And sometimes mm. it's the smallest, simplest little thing. But <laughs> the dumbest but thing ever. You show and you're it like, does, it doesn't even. Maybe you made a little <laughs> a little tool or something to make your life easier. But every time you use it, though, you get a little sense of pride or satisfaction. Thinking like, mm. yeah, yeah, I, I made mm. that. I built that. And I oh, have people yeah. look at me. They're like, what? Yeah, what? 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 What is that? I'm like, what do you mean? What is that? Right. Don't insult me. It's that. <laughs> what does it do? It's 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 it, it's that, and it does stuff. Isn't it amazing? And they're like, okay, yeah. Anyways, anyway. how long did that take you to build? It doesn't matter. Right. Right. I, I did it. Right. Right. You could have right. went to the store and bought four of those. Yeah, but oh, I built yeah, it. But not like mine. this one. Right. Right. So, did you, Eric, ever reach a point in the tech sales where you just had a day where you're just like? screw this. I can't do this anymore. Was it like that? Or was it just, was it gradual or was it just, I you mean, just there blew was, up one day and, Oh, there was plenty of days like yeah, that. Yeah. But I mean, I, 
I can't say what tipped the scale. I don't know if there was necessarily one specific thing that happened. It was a lot of just looking back, like, you know, you, you make a sale and you get a commission check and it's like, Oh great. But I never had this sense of accomplishment. It was kind of just going through the motions. Know. Exactly. Empty. It was, it was, it was just, empty. Everything was, I don't yeah. want to say it was like groundhog day because <laughs> mm. I mean, truthfully it was, I mean, my CEO would be like, Oh, working in sales is great. Cause every day is different. Every conversation is different. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but the results it same. just wasn't, it, it, I don't, I don't really fully agree with that. I mean, yeah, the conversations mm. would take different turns, but at the end of the day it was, we are selling a specific product and I am looking for specific, you know, use cases or needs on their end and make sure that they're the right technical fit. So it was all the same formula, the same equation. I just, I just, it was boring. I just, yeah. every day I was like, I just wanted the day to be over. And that's yeah. not yeah. a good no, way to right, live. Right. Yeah. And, and I think um, I hear stories like this more and more because I feel like we've talked about how culture and society has driven everyone into colleges and you need to be a lawyer, a doctor, you know, whatever tech sales or, yep. to, to, to be successful nowadays. And there are so many miserable people because of it now in, That's, in these businesses. I mean, that right. was, I don't want to say that was my life. That sounds pretty sad, but I mean, I, <laughs> like I said, I, I grew up and, uh, you know, go, I, I went to public school, but it was always, I was told go to college. You need, right. you know, you need to go to a four year right. institution right. if you want to be successful and right. That's what my brother did. That's what I did. I got out of school and I got the job and I was doing the, you know, the typical nine, I mean, it wasn't nine to five, but you know what I'm getting at. And Mm. like I said, it was just at some point, it's like, why am I doing this? I'm just, I'm doing this to make money to pay for this house that I'm never even in. Yeah. Right. What what is it? What is it for? But that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to go to school. You're supposed to graduate. You're supposed to go to college. You're supposed to get out of college. You're supposed to work hard. Get buy a house, get married, have a kid, have another kid. You got to go by the playbook, right? It's the playbook. Right, Everybody's right, got to right, do it, right? Right, right. Until you realize it's a trap. It's a trap, <laughs> usually. But I, I think the point to be made is no, is. A trap. <laughs> I think the point to be made is basically, you know, uh, we we talk about it quite often. Is is there is another path, and if you're unhappy, you know, you you think that the only way to success is that, and maybe there is there's another way. There's other options. Always there's, another way. Well, that's, I mean, so I'm, I'm relatively young still. I don't have any children, so I, I don't have that many ties to me. So what, mm. what is, mm. what is the risk? Like I have a buddy right now who's out of work and he's looking for a job and he, you know, he did finance previously and he's like, well, I think I should just look at finance because that's what I have experience in. And I'm like, well, why? You could do whatever what you like Yeah, to what do. do you want to do? Right? He literally, he could do whatever he wants. He has no ties mm. and, and he's just kind of. Yep. Rolling over the, oh, I, right, I, I've right, got to do this. And right. I think like I was miserable in my job and, and mm. then I was free and, and you could do the same, not saying go weld or whatever, but do whatever you want to do. If you don't, if, if you, I mean, what's stopping you really? Mm. Well, I mean, people get themselves in enough debt. And yeah. Sometimes it's financial responsibilities where they feel like well, they're trapped. Yeah, sure. I mean, don't get me wrong. If you have the financial responsibilities, you have children or you have that. But debt that's, that's self-induced. Long. That's, I mean, you, you, you built your own mousetrap there, really. Correct. Yeah. You, you built the own wheel that you're the hamster in. Right. right. And, and, and now you got to keep it running. Right. You but I guess keep I'm it just running. thinking more specifically to like my buddy, for example, he's not mm. in debt. He could do whatever he wants. Yep. And, and that he's, level, he's, only looking, he's only looking at what he has experience and he doesn't want to, mm. cause that's what he's told he needs to do. He had to go to college. Right. He had to get the right. job. Yep. And, right. That's sad. And, and a lot of, it's but a again, it, again, yeah. the culture and public schools and everything, they create robots. They, they, it's, 
It's this is what I'm supposed to do. A plus B equals C, and let's yep. keep moving on. And that's it. Blinders on. No, and and it takes people such as yourself to maybe stop every once in a while and say, "I'm not happy. What do I enjoy doing? How do I make money doing that?" And sometimes that's all it takes is that little thought process. Or finding out a way to make money in the interim while you get there. Right. Right. You it, don't have to just drop dead and. Yeah, or, or, you know, Drop a lot of people do it. something similar to what you're doing, which is, you know, they, they may do the nine to five and then at night they start their little side business and they're doing, you know, on weekends and nights and doing little hourly things here or there and getting some money on the side and, you know, pulling in ways to do it. And then they create the business without the risk because they're still getting their paycheck and their benefits. And then at some point they push themselves all the way and say, you know what, I'm done with this. I'm actually making enough money here to, to make that. Like that's possible too. It's a lot yeah. more work. But it's possible. And that's a great way to you do know? it, though. And you right. kind of mitigate most of the risk because once you've ramped that up, you've established a customer base. You know, you know, right. you know that your finances right. can can work. Then, and it's not. Is it really that risk? I mean, you're still taking a leap oh, of faith. It is. And things I mean, could change. There's the whole other side of it that I constantly preach, and that's the business side, and which Correct. is the more difficult side that people don't take into consideration. And if you're not fully immersed in that. I mean, you get caught in a different hamster wheel, which can become equally as violent. Yeah. And, and that's because I mean, you take something that you've now loved and a passion and you're like, I'm going to make a run at this and make it my career. And now you start to resent what you used to love because the business side has gobbled you up. Yeah. And I know, every day. I, I know Eric, you, you just, it, I know it's still very new what you you've started here, but, um, you know, have you run into some challenges, concerns so far oh, in the absolutely. time? I mean, there's been, there's been <clears throat> days where I've said, what, you know, what am I doing? Yeah. It's a natural thought. No, no it's I, exactly know, right. It's, it's, sometimes it's again, similar to, as, as Greg mentioned, sort of just diving in head first, you know, you just start, I mean, literally with, with welding, you just start cutting and it's, okay, you're doing some rust repair, whatever it is, and you, it looks okay on the surface. You start cutting into it, and an hour later, you realize that the chaos mm. that you're mm. in the middle of, and mm. you're like, oh, my God, I gotta, I have to, you know. Fix all this. this. I have to see this through, you, you know. Yeah, like, right, right. There's got to right. be a, a, an end in sight, and, and that's when it can be a little bit, I don't want to say daunting, but stressful, or you start looking mm. at the clock, and you realize, like, crap, it's already been, uh, the day is almost over and I am not nearly as far as I need to be. And that's time is money. Yeah. Mm. And so there's always that sort of little birdie in the back of your head saying, hurry up or, you know, like, this, yeah. you yeah. know, you gotta, you gotta keep going or you gotta make this happen or just mm. whatever it takes. But yeah, there's always those levels of stress and, and just sort of the, I mean, I'm, I'm confident in my work and I know what I'm doing, but there's times where things just don't go according to plan and mm -hmm. things just happen at all. It's mm -hmm. just, Par yep. for the course. Yeah. Just kind of push through. Exactly. Yep. Yep. What's what's the kind of long term vision for Weld One? You know, what what's your ideal business kind of look like? Call five years from now. You're plugging away, knocking things out. You know, what what are you working on? What do you want to be working on? Yeah. So, <laughs> would definitely love to work and have more of a focus on race cars. That's truly what I'm passionate about. It's something that I've always want to do. I mean, everyone wants to work on race cars, but I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> right, I, I, I love welding, mm. but you know, doing a rust repair on a dump truck is a lot different than sure. building up a, you know, putting in a roll cage on a, on a new car or just building sure. some custom control arm or bracket or whatever it ends up being. That is really what, what gets me excited. So if, if it's something that 
you know, I could be working on race cars every single day, that would be ideal. Before it was I wanted to weld every single day, and now that's what I'm doing. So down the road it would be, you know, what am I working on? What specific projects? And really I'd like to tailor it more towards the racing side of things because that's what excites me more than Mm. repairing Mm. broken equipment. Yeah, yeah. I can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because I've, I mean, I've found, you know, in my commercial construction career, I deal with mostly the guys that do structure, right? They're they're just welding beams together and parts and components, but they do fabrication on railings and stairs and things like that. Um, That can be pretty intricate. Yeah, and uh, the stairs can be pretty tricky, you know, Um, probably gets repetitive after a little while, I assume, doing that, but um, um, not so much the fabrication world, but... um, you know, there's some, there's been some really interesting stuff I've seen too, but, um, I've always been fascinated by that route too. Like you're in the trade. What separates you from being the structural guy or the underwater welder or the fabricator? It's, it's very interesting because usually it's either family history or interests, you know, or sometimes just circumstance. Yeah. I mean, like, like you just said, a lot of it is family when you look at the guys out in texas their father was a pipeliner and that's right that's just right. what they do and it's right. kind of i only weld pipe and that's the mentality that they that was instilled in them growing up i'll and weld pipe other. and you'll weld pipe yeah right. it's kind of i like to lay pipe <laughs> <laughs> oh good that's great that's great that's a different type of welder okay. oh all right sorry I thought, maybe that's your plumbing side coming got, back we, out we, I don't we got on the pipe topic <laughs> easy mario all right <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of types of welding that are very specific, whether, yeah. I mean, like you yeah. said, you got the structural guys dealing with I-beams and the, you know, those are the iron workers of the world. And then you've got the pipeliner guys, even just the fitters. Some people don't even weld. They're just fitting pipes all day. And right, that's, right, right. I mean, it's, it's part of the fabrication thing. I like doing all of that. I mean, it's kind of, I haven't really honed in on one specific thing because I like jumping around a little bit, but in terms of the types of things I'm working on, yeah, ideally building race cars, going fast. That's where I want to be. And anything around that is to me really cool. Yeah. 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 And, and you're doing mostly welding and, and would you do more fabrication too, like CNC machine type stuff and Haven't machining done much or with the CNC side of things, just <clears throat> my, I mean, I've started to try to get into machining mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, just s- slowly dabbling, but I don't have any true machines in terms of mills and lays and things yeah, like yeah, that yeah yeah because i mean that's a whole nother skill set in itself i mean that's, yeah, it's, that's, it's almost a little yeah. sub trade in in the trade I mean, I've, sure. I've dabbled with it and i've done a couple projects with you know some friends that are more in that mm. industry and helped you know designing custom parts and having them cut with a mill and a water jet and things like that but i personally firsthand have not done that and that's cool to be a part of too because you you, you, you build something that I mean, you're coming up with a solution that's not out there because if it was out there, you would just buy it and obviously yeah, it'd be well, cheaper was, to buy it. So, I mean, I remember I was building these custom seat brackets for my race car and no one had what I want. Again, I'm, I make things difficult and there was seat brackets out there, but I wanted it to be a certain way. stronger and lighter and have this feature and, you know, and no one would do it. And then it was like, okay, well, I, I got to do it myself. And I had a buddy that I had randomly connected with and he's a machinist. I started talking with him. And before, you know, I drew up some, just some pictures on a napkin, literally. And I was like, something like this. And he's like, okay, he went into Fusion 360 and he starts drafting things. Like a kid. Yeah. So Fusion, it's one, it's the software for that. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, and before you know it, we had a file and then that file was sent over to the guy that does the water jet and he ended up cutting it and it's finished off in the mill. So it's like, I saw firsthand what was involved, but I wasn't the one programming the computer Mm -hmm. doing it. That's just kind of a little bit. 
yeah. you had the idea. I had the idea, and it's definitely something I'd love to get into, but most of my fabrication, if not, I shouldn't say most, the majority of it, short of a few projects, has been me physically cutting, you know, a welding. cutting it with a cutoff wheel or a plasma cutter. It's all, you know, by hand and finishing yep. it with a file and things like that. Yeah. That's the more, fa- that's fabrication versus machining. Sure. Right. Right. Machining is more of a finished, precise process. Right. And truthfully, a lot of my projects have been one-offs, so it's kind of, I mean. That's what makes fabrication fabrication. Yeah, ex- exactly. Well, when you get into, like, machining, you know, you, you, all of your time is in the the files. So it's like if you're going to if you're gonna spend all that time and effort to build files, you might as well manufacture them and reproduce I mean, them. At that point, yeah, once you've built more than one or two, it's not fabrication anymore. It's production. I mean, yeah, exactly. Mm. You have the recipe. You're not it's in the production business. You're in the fabrication business. Correct. Yep. What challenges do you see coming? Like, what what do you what keeps you up at night? Is there anything you think about saying, "Oh boy, I'm not prepared for this. I'm not ready for that." If something came in the door today, I don't I don't have the people. I don't have the staff. I don't have you know. Is there anything like that that worries you? Well, it's I mean it's <clears throat> it's the day to day. I mean, mm. truthfully, we live in a dynamic world. Things can change at the blink of an eye. Uh, you know, you're busy one week, you're busy the next week. Before you know it, you might have a, a little bit of a downturn. I mean, who knows what's going to happen with the economy, where people are spending money. I mean, some of this business is cyclical. Some of it's just things are going to break. I mean, that's just the nature of the beast. And people that have a business, if their plow's broken, they need to get it fixed no matter what. But there's other people that maybe they want a race car built. If if they're trying to cut spending, they're probably not going to be throwing money at that. So there might be... I'd stop paying my mortgage first, but... <laughs> That's just me. <laughs> it's slightly you know aggressive, what they say, but I could appreciate it. You can it. live in a race car. You can't yeah. race your house. <laughs> you can, uh, I've heard some some variant. That kind of makes sense, right? I mean, I, mean, I get it's it. True. It's very true. It is true. Deep down, it's true. <laughs> I guess if you had a motor you could spend home, the night in your car. Yeah, you can't race your house. Well, if you had a motorhome. <laughs> true. I wouldn't go racing that, but well, you could. I mean, th- but theoretically, you I think could. Top Gear's yeah. done that. Yeah. True. They probably have. True. They I mean, something with them. I would a trailer count? I have count? an RV and I've driven it. If you have a double wide, a could double you race wide? a double wide? That's called a twice as nice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're towing I learned it. that from a southerner, by the way. Yeah, of course. Saying, of course. Of course. I was down in Mexico and nice. there was a couple there and I'm like, it's, oh, the double wides. He's like, no, no, we call those twice as nice. <laughs> I was like, got it. I'm that taking was, that. That was a Mexican accent. Oh, I don't know what that was. That was bad. That sounded southern. It was southern. But southern Mexican? Maybe that was southern thing. Mexican. That's Is a that new a one. Thing? I mean, Mexico. Isn't is that South, South America? <laughs> That's a good. Is point. that New Mexico? A southern Southern no, new Mexico Mexican. Mexico is in America. I know where New Mexico is. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> I, I thought sure. New Mexico was North Mexico. All right. <laughs> Anywho. Oh. Oh, man. Sorry about all our uh, Jose's and Juan's listening. Good. I've got nothing against the Jose's. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right. So have you run into anything unruly, such as customers, clients? Yeah. Have you had any stories to tell? <laughs> Just by the chuckle. Here we go. Other than Greg, maybe. <laughs> there's always there's always those troubled customers. I mean, mm-hmm. you've got... Oh, that was nicely put. Yeah, Troubled. I've got Troubled. different. I have different names for them. Yeah. Trouble. Begin with an A. Well, it starts with an F and ends with it. Yeah. Awesome is all A-H. his clients. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. That's what he. More PC. Right. Asshole. 
So do, do you have any anything recently that kind of came about you can think of that was without naming names, obviously? Or I mean, I've I've had situations where I could call it an ungrateful customer. You have okay, someone yeah. that shows up or calls you frantic because something's broken and they say they need it done that day. And then that day happened. This is just a hypothetical. This, of course, never happened. But maybe maybe they call you and they need it done that day. And that day it's really raining outside. And you say, ah, it really wouldn't be ideal to do this today because you got to work on it outside. But they bring it over anyways and mm. you do it. And you call them and you say it's done. You think they're going to show up and be happy about it. And they show up and then you tell them the price. And before you know it, they flip out because they're pissed at the cost. And then they don't want to pay mm, you. And mm. before you know it, you're basically yeah. yelling at the person saying, like, this is yeah. you know, yeah. not what I signed up you for. You ungrateful fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Something I like mean, that. Something, something along like, those lines. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so there's just people. Sorry, people. I got you back in business to make money in a jiffy. My bad, I dick. Mean, it's, I mean, sometimes <laughs> there's the, the, the shock of just people don't expect it to be, mm. you know, what it ends up being. Or it's, you know, like you said. It's, it's the triangle. What's time, good, fast, money. Cheap. Yeah. Well, I guess Correct. I was thinking pick. race. Sorry, I always think race cars. No, good, but that pick two. Pick two. Pick two. And people want all three. Right. And it's it, not happening. Look, we did an episode on setting expectations because we've seen that that is a very common theme for trades folks and business owners to deal with, right? Is is that unruly um, kind of response to, I did something for you and it costs this much and now you're still unhappy. How do you solve that problem? I'm not saying it's an easy one, but we always talk about how to set ex expectations, expectations early. Upfront. You yeah, know, and, very and transparent and very upfront. This could, listen, I'm just going to let you know now, this is going to cost you somewhere in the lines of right. here to here, and this is why. And if they don't want it, then there's no hard feelings. Goodbye. Right. Yeah, I think, abso I, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, sorry. I was just no, no, no. In I'll, terms of yeah, setting expectations, there's times where I've been, you know, sort of at fault for not being, not, not knowingly, but just not fully transparent with what's happening or maybe just because you just want to solve the problem. Well, yeah. And you kind of just get into it before, you know, it's that's what I mean. That's the priority is to solve the problem. And then you're so, like, okay, well I've solved your problem. You should be happy. Now I expect to get paid. A, a lot of trades folks I've seen make this mistake. Right. And, and it comes oh. from a good place. It's, it's there. They, like you said, they're problem solvers. Right. They're naturally problem solvers. And honestly, 99.9% of trades folks are just good people. Right. Right. And they want to help you and they want to just do it right. Yep. And they often forget about that step in between, which is you're a business owner. You got to remember that be a business owner first, problem solver second, and then go in there with a mindset of saying to these guys, like Greg said, you know, a, a suggestion might be how to handle that is in the future, you kind of present to them a range at the very least and say, you're looking at somewhere around here. And because I have to do X, Y, Z to get there show the value show explain to him before it even happens look at all what the, the, this is all the things i'm going to have to do now to you you're going to look at that like why do i have to explain well, I mean, this guy he what I'm shows doing, up right? he came to you with two pieces right. and you glued them back together with a weld and he looks at it and says that's a two-inch weld well that's right. so i'm not giving seconds. you 300 dollars for right. a two-inch weld honestly a lot Correct. of it is Correct. just the the lack of knowledge around that or just really because because mm -hmm. but that's from, why they from, bring it to you from the outsider they don't they don't know what's involved they see it as oh it's you know i have to get that oh it's a simple little repair and, and anytime i hear someone say oh it's simple you can't get upset and it's, well and it, it, it's not like you i take it personally it's nothing like it that from their but, point but what i see is okay well this is dirty or it's rusty or whatever it ends up being they don't realize the steps that are involved in getting things prepared to actually do the welding a lot of the welding 
is in the prep work. It's in the fit up. It's making sure that the steel is perfectly clean. And you, you spend probably the least amount of time actually welding. It's all of the ancillary yep. stuff that goes along with it. So they say, oh, you just have to weld this back on. It will take you five minutes when they have no frame of reference for that. And you get but into that's it. That's what Josh is talking about when yep. setting that expectation yep. of, yep. I'm going to weld this back together, but this is what I have to do to get to that point. And this is where the work is. Yeah. And a lot of that is just communication. And sometimes things, sometimes things change. Like I'm working on a machine this morning and there was a little bit of rust and we start peeling back the layers of the onion, so to speak. And there is a lot more damage than Mm. was originally seen. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's usually the case with rust, but when the customer expects it to be a quick little, Oh, this will be a day job. You can just scab something in. And then I start peeling it back and I, you know, I had to stop and I'm waiting for him to come back to show him because, hey, look, this is going to be way more involved than we thought. You know, do you want to proceed or like where, where do you want to go from here? Because this is not going to be a quick little repair. It right, just it's, right, it's not right. going to happen. But that, that's doing the right thing. Right. You, and, and most guys would be like, oh, well, I, I, it got worse, but I can fix this. They fix it. And then the guy comes back and says, well, that's great. But you told me this was going to be 200 bucks. Now it's 400 bucks right. because you decided to go anyways. Yep. Right. I, now I'm pissed. No, that's so, a, it's a perfect example of you call the guy up, yep. you send him a picture if you need to, you tell him to come down and see you, whatever it is, you set the expectation. They'll be pissed at first, but they'll realize, okay, I see what's going on here. At least a reasonable person will. And then you can continue, right? But like Greg said, if you did it the other way and they show up and the bill went up $500 or $6,000. Wouldn't you be? be? They're going to, right. Yeah, and I, and I get right. it. Right. You, gotta, you always got to put yourself in that situation. Like if you brought, uh, I mean, being a technical person, you probably fix most of your own shit anyways. But when you, in the event you do hire somebody, if they were like, yeah, Eric, I can come fix that for 300 bucks. And you're like, okay, cool. Schedule it. They come, they do it. And they're like, okay, here's the bill for 600 because it, it took more. You're going to be like, no. <laughs> Hell out of you. I'm trying to remember. I think you might've said no one likes surprises. No one likes surprises. And, and honestly, this is where your background in sales may be very beneficial, right? You're, you're used to having to communicate, you know, differently than, than others would or present things differently than others would. And uh, you can use those skills and cross, you know, correlate it's them good, to what you're doing sometimes now. Sometimes it's the way you present. It's right? also just knowing people and reading people and different personality That's traits right. and That's how huge. to communicate right. with huge. certain folks. I mean, there's, right. and I, I know I've gotten caught up on this and there's been times where, cause I'm very technical and I'll explain things to people how oh, I would want it to shit. be explained. <laughs> and I mean, I, and I've been told this before and it's something I need to work on. There's times where it's just, they don't, they don't care. They're, they're yeah. a netted out type of person. They're a high level. It's either, yes, you can do it. And this is the price or no, you can't. And I'll find someone else. They don't care about the little mm-hmm. details mm-hmm. of right. why it's going to be this or that. You're right. and, yep. You know, so you gotta, you gotta know the personality That's a majority. You're, you're talking with and, you know, use that to your advantage. Yeah. I mean, I, funny you hit that. Cause that's another thing we talked about in that same episode is, is, you know, ask questions, get to know the person a little bit. Don't just, you know, assume, assume don't, don't present it in the way that, like you said, maybe I want to hear it. Let's try to find out how they would handle the situation oh, by yeah, asking I, questions. You might have to dumb it down. We do it all the time. We send over quotes and, uh, invoices to people and they're like i i don't know what the hell i'm looking at like right 120 right. volt 240 volt 50 amp 40 amp they're like okay can i plug in my toaster well that's the thing i mean like, again you gotta know you gotta know who you're talking plug to. for toaster that's all they want to see okay cool <laughs> right. the poster plug will cost me 400 dollars, not a 120 volt 20 amp circuit to main right. electrical panel they don't give a crap right. they're like all right can i plug my toaster in or you get the person who looks at the uh, the exact opposite and says, how is this costing me $500 or $1,000? Right. Because you don't have any detail. Right. 
That's that's where you got to find that sweet spot. You got to understand you gotta who you're dealing with. Out and you can, but and you can usually see that just from the questions they're asking. Again, I relate this back to the tech sales. You get the 100%. I don't want to call him the nerd, but you get the guy that starts asking you, you know, the feeds and speeds, and he really wants to know. Then you get the you know the VP, and he doesn't care about what that. does it cost. The VP wants to <laughs> right. know. Okay, what does it cost? How long is our when can you support do it? Contract. <laughs> right. Does this come right. with professional services? Right. What other thing like what other additional costs we need? Otherwise, just he doesn't care about that. How Here's hard is it to set up? Go. His guys are going to mm. do that. Why mm. does he really care? It's just, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have my people deal with that. Does it do what it says it's going to do? Great. Right. Check. Right. Yeah. Right. No, you, I mean, it's all great points. It's all great, uh, you know, things are going to help you in the long run type of thing. Um, how do you like the paperwork side? <laughs> I'm not very good with that. What paperwork? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? You're saying so, something, something that doesn't well, surprise me. So you ask me. that question in yeah. a different way? I, I don't quite understand. Well, this is what Greg was starting with when we first started on the conversation was the business side, yes. right? This is the side that most trades guys despise with a, yep. with a passion. Rightfully so. Right. Well, it's right. just, it's, it's boring. It's administrative. It's boring. It's, it's kind of... But it's equally, but it's so important. Yeah. As important as what you physically. What what I find, do. what I find with dealing with all sorts of trades guys in all different levels and different stages of their careers or businesses is, most guys do not pay attention until it completely bites them in the ass. When and they when need they, to, when they oh, need they to, have to. So usually, what happens that I've seen is they get bit by insurance coverage that they didn't realize they didn't have, or they get completely screwed on a contract. Expenses. Unforeseen expenses. Um, I could go on the list. They didn't send a bill out the, the way they should have, and they didn't end up getting paid the way they it should have. It all stems have. back to cash flow. Right. And and those things, usually at that point, they look at it and go, holy shit, I can't let that happen again. And now they start diving into the, the process is what I've found. Um, some better than others. Some I've seen make the same mistake 12 times in a row. Yeah. You know, but a, this is a, I, I've talked about this before. This is a perfect example of a business running on cash flow. When everything is good and everybody's paying you and you're billing and you're getting the money and you're, you have money, then there's no need to look at it. The only time you got to look at the gauges is when something goes, you don't stare at the gauges in your car, do you? You drive until one of them dings or goes yeah. below a reading yeah. it should be, then you're yeah. like, oh, wait a minute, what the hell is that? And you start looking into it. Holy crap. Yeah. We got a problem. Right, right, right. Same thing in business. Same applies to business. When the tank is full and everything's serviced, the car will go down the road for miles without even looking down mm. until something goes wrong. Right. Then you look down and you're like, oh, crap. And, and the part that I try to sell guys on and, and the importance of it is you don't pay attention. No one does. No one pays attention to how quickly a stupid paperwork thing can derail your entire day, oh. right? And you're now on a worm, or you're now on a rabbit hole, not doing welding, not doing what makes you money because you have to now solve another problem that you caused because you just didn't pay attention to what you were doing, right? right. And and that is the part that guys pretend like it doesn't happen, it doesn't exist, and, and it they kills pretend them. like it there's no value them. to it, like it's right. only my time. Right. Well, you could be either one spending that time doing something you love or making money or both doing something that you love that makes money. But uh, you're doing something that you now have to do when you hate and it's costing you time, which costs right. you money. Right. It's right. not just your time. Right. Whereas if you take the time, keep your paperwork tight, make sure you're protected, 
and magically those problems don't seem to happen as much. The problem right? is that's a full-time job. Oh, well, I, I, I get it's not easy. I've never said anything about it being easy. I'm just saying the importance of it is it, needs crucial. to be understood. It's crucial. Right. Well, right. it's just learning from experience. You don't know well, until you mm-hmm. find yourself sure. in that situation. Sure. And then it's like, well, I'm never going to put myself in that situation. Well, yeah. And that's that's the part that pains me on this side. And that's what I'm trying to help guys do is uh, uh, guys and gals. I'm trying to help them understand that you don't have to, you don't have to learn the hard way. You don't have to go through all these, oh, I did it for 10 years and learned all these wonderful experiences paying what I like to call the stupid tax. Right. When you could avoid that, skip that whole step. And let's, let's help you get there now so you can be proactive instead of reactive because the reactive tax and time you don't have. Who wants to give up 10, five to 10 years of their life and hundreds of thousands of dollars because you wanted to learn something? Right. right. Skip that. Right. I mean, it's in today's world. Why, why, why not? Why not take advantage of it? That's what I'm you know, and a do. lot of that—that's what the you know the True Pros program we started is about. It's it's mostly about helping, just helping save ten years. As <laughs> simple as that, really. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, I oh, I yeah. believe that I've done a decent job of building a business, and the the money that I've spent in stupid taxes is equivalent of a college, if not more <laughs> than more than a college education. Yeah. 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 So I, I, I did go to college. I just did it over the course of 10 years and <laughs> did it a by lot making of pain. a lot of mistakes. A lot of pain and suffering. A lot of pain and that. suffering. Right, and right, I, right. I just, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again and I'll continue to say it. I wish there was somebody like me that I found early in business that could help me skip sure. that wild amount of pain and financial burden. Right. Same, same. That's and that's that's what that's what True Pros is about. That's what we're trying to give back there is trying right. to help with that. Right. Not trying, right. Right. helping. Right. From two people who have spent a lot of stupid tax. Oh God, <laughs> it's Endless. painful to think about. And I, it, it's sad when I, uh, and it pains me when I watch, and I give people this advice, like the things that I've learned over the years, and they just shrug it off, like ah, whatever, I'll figure it out. Like why? I'm giving you the I'm giving you the key. Here's the key to the door. Do mm-hmm. this and you'll be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't need to do that. I'm the younger, younger. Tell me what to do. I'm smarter right. than you. Right. I'm, I'll figure it out. Right. Okay. Right. Right. See why you on the other side. Why do they not do it? it this We've talked about this. Mm-hmm. The pride. Mm-hmm. When somebody is good at what they do, when they have a skilled trade and they turn it into a business, the sense of pride that they have is, it's unpenetrable. Impenetrable. Yeah, they they don't. It's it's Sorry. almost to the point of like, um, you know, hubris is one word for it. The excessive pride type thing. Yeah. It's it's one of these things where it's like I don't need help. I don't need help. I'm really good at this. I don't need your help type of deal. And and it's it, it's probably the same attitude that got them to start their own business, which is good. But right. it also works against them in this case. One hundred percent. Right. And it's finding that balance. And I think, I think what we're trying to tell people is it took us 10 years plus to figure out that, man, if we just swallowed the pride and, and were more humble in a way oh, towards man. earlier on, we probably could have learned tenfold what we know today earlier. Absolutely. Right. That's what it boils down to. But we didn't ask for help. We didn't want help. But what's your, what's the line that when, when the student is ready, the, the teacher will appear? Correct. Yeah. Correct. That's and exactly it. 10 years ago, you, you couldn't have forced this down right. my throat. So I shouldn't right. say I wish there was somebody because there was somebody. There was probably many of me out there. Right. You just weren't ready. Just weren't, I wasn't ready. You weren't aware you weren't looking for it. But what yep. I'm trying to do is get guys and girls to realize that you gotta, you got to pay attention to that. 
Yep. You've got to be open-minded to that early on when you think you've got it and you're full of pride. Jump off the horse for a second and look back at it because you could save yourself a lot of ass ache. That's why coaching helps. Mentorship helps. Like If you can find anybody to to take you under their wing, that is going to shave 10, 20 years off your trajectory all yeah. day, every day. Yep. You know, I mean, granted, and again, we've talked about this and you got to yep. be careful who you think is successful oh, sure, out sure. there because they sure. might be misleading. Um, sure. You should really, yeah. Yeah. Really choose find reputation like, over, you know, the nicest shit. truck yeah. <laughs> or whatever is, is probably the best thing you can do. Um, any other thoughts, fellas? Yeah. Well, Eric, we're going to be following you. I think we should have you back in in a little bit so you can give us some more trials and tribulations about uh, successes or struggles of uh, business ownership in general. Um, I know you just started, but where can people find you? We are on Instagram at Wild One Fabrication. And Facebook, we're making a page. And we have a website, weldonefabrication.com. This is all in motion. So yeah, yeah. By yeah. the time you hear this, it'll yeah. be all. Give it some time, so. but it, it'll be up shortly, up and running. Yep. Um, excellent. Great. Greg, any last uh, parting wisdom? No. I, I, no. All right. Then that's all we got for you today. If you want to follow us, uh, you can find us at Tradesman Confidential or at MyTruePros on Instagram uh, or TruePros.com. Any of the above works, get you there, right? So uh, let's get out of here as always. Keep living the dream. Work smarter, not harder. Thanks for joining us, Eric. <laughs> thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks, man. Until next time.